Bhagavad Gita as it is. Chapter 11. The Universal Form in 55 verses. After hearing in chapter 10 Krishna's Vibhutis, Arjuna will open this chapter requesting Krishna to see his universal form. Arjuna said, By hearing your instructions you have kindly given me about these most confidential spiritual subjects, my illusion has now been dispelled. We recall that in chapter 1 and 2, Arjuna was much bewildered. Now it appears, after hearing the four nutshell verses in chapter 10, Arjuna's illusion is now gone. O lotus-eyed one, I have heard from you in detail about the appearance and disappearance of every living entity and have realized your inexhaustible glory. O greatest of all personalities, O supreme form, though I see you here before me in your actual position as you have described yourself, I wish to see how you have entered this cosmic manifestation. I want to see that form of yours. And if you think that I am able to behold your cosmic form, then kindly show me that unlimited universal self. Now in verses 5 through 8, Krishna will agree to display his universal cosmic manifestation. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, My dear Arjuna, O son of Prita, see now my opulences, hundreds of thousands of various divine and multicolored forms. O best of the Bharatas, see here the different manifestations of Adityas, Vasus, Rudras, Ashvini Kumars, and all the other demigods. Behold the many wonderful things which no one has ever seen or heard of before. O Arjuna, whatever you wish to see, behold at once in this body of mine. This universal form can show you whatever you now desire to see and whatever you may want to see in the future. Everything, moving and non-moving, is here completely in one place. But you cannot see me with your present eyes. Therefore, I give you divine eyes. Behold my mystic opulence. Significant is that Arjuna will not be able to see this Vishvarup or universal form with his current eyes. Krishna has to give him the vision. Now in verses 9 through 14, we will hear from Arjuna via Sanjaya what Arjuna saw when Krishna displayed his universal form. Sanjaya said, we remember that this Bhagavad Gita began with Dhritarashtra questioning his secretary Sanjaya. What are my sons and the sons of Pandu doing 
at the battlefield of Kulikshetra. Sanjaya and Dhritarashtra are situated away from the battle, but Sanjaya, by his mystic television viewing in his heart, by the mercy of his guru, Vyas, is able to see exactly what is going on and is relating to Dhritarashtra. So every so often in Bhagavad Gita, Sanjaya comes up and will narrate. Sanjaya said, O king, having spoken thus the supreme lord of all mystic power, the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, displayed his universal form to Arjuna. Arjuna saw in that universal form unlimited mouths, unlimited eyes, unlimited wonderful visions. The form was decorated with many celestial ornaments and bore many divine upraised weapons. He wore celestial garlands and garments and many divine scents were smeared over his body. Everything was wondrous, brilliant, unlimited, and all expanded. If hundreds of thousands of suns were to rise up at once into the sky, their radiance might resemble the effulgence of that supreme person in the universal form. At that time, Arjuna could see in the universal form of the Lord the unlimited expansions of the universe situated in one place although divided into many thousands. Then, bewildered and astonished, his hair standing on end, Arjuna bowed his head to offer obeisances and with folded hands began to pray to the Supreme Lord. In verses 15 through 31, Arjuna describes and prays to what he sees. Arjuna said, My dear Lord Krishna, I see assembled in your body all the demigods and various other living entities. I see Brahma sitting on the lotus flower, as well as Lord Shiva and all the sages and divine serpents. O Lord of the universe, O universal form, I see in your body many, many arms, bellies, mouths, and eyes expanded everywhere. I see in you no end, no middle, and no beginning. Your form is difficult to see because of its glaring effulgence spreading on all sides like blazing fire or the immeasurable radiance of the sun. Yet I see this glowing form everywhere, adorned with various crowns, clubs, and discs. You are the supreme primal objective. You are the ultimate resting place of all this universe. You are inexhaustible, and you are the oldest. You are the maintainer of the eternal religion. Yes, Sanatan Dharma. Sanatan Dharma is different 
from what we call Hinduism, Judaism, Christianity, Muslim, all these different Buddhism, all these, this is not the eternal religion. There is one eternal religion and that is being explained in Bhagavad Gita. The eternal religion, the one true religion is that man should follow the laws of God. That man should develop love for God. That is the only eternal religion. The living entity is the eternal part and parcel servant of Krishna. And as such, the living entity has only one real self-interest to love and serve Krishna, God himself. You are the personality of Godhead. This is my opinion. Arjuna is witnessing this universal form. He is explaining what his realization is. You are without origin, middle or end. Your glory is unlimited. You have numberless arms and the sun and moon are your eyes. This is interesting because actually in the Vedas, especially the Srimad Bhagavatam, Yamaraj explains that there are 13 witnesses of every action by the living entity. And the sun and moon are two of those 13 witnesses. So a sinful person may think, a criminal may think that he or she is getting away with some crime and one may actually avoid punishment by the government but these 13 witnesses nobody gets away with anything and at the end of life everything is shown and you have to suffer the results of all your sinful activities Arjuna continues I see you with blazing fire coming forth from your mouth, burning this entire universe by your own radiance. Although you are one, you are spread throughout the sky and the planets and all space between. O oh, Great One, seeing this wondrous, terrible form, all the planetary systems are perturbed. So again, Arjuna reconfirms Krishna's inconceivably simultaneous position of being one and different. He said, you are one, but you're all pervading. This is Krishna. This is God. All the hosts of demigods are surrendering before you and entering into you. Yes, the demigods are not eternal. They also must die. Some of them, very much afraid, are offering prayers with folded hands. Hosts of great sages and perfected beings are crying, all peace. And they are praying to you by singing the Vedic hymns. All the various manifestations of Lord Shiva, the Adityas, the Vasus, the Sadhyas, the Vishvedevas, the Ashvis, the Maruts, the Forefathers, the Gandharvas, the Yakshas, the Asuras, 
and the perfected demigods are beholding you in wonder. O mighty armed one, all the planets with their various demigods are disturbed at seeing your great form with its many faces, eyes, arms, thighs, legs, and bellies, and your many terrible teeth. And as they are disturbed, so am I. O all-pervading Vishnu, seeing you with your many radiant colors touching the sky, your gaping mouths, and your great glowing eyes, my mind is perturbed with fear. I can no longer maintain my steadiness or equilibrium of my mind. O Lord of Lords, O refuge of the worlds, please be gracious to me. I cannot keep my balance seeing thus your blazing death-like faces and awful teeth in all directions. I am bewildered. All the sons of Dhritarashtra, along with their allied kings and Bhishma, Drona, and Karna, and our chief soldiers also, are rushing into your fearful mouths. And some I see trapped with their heads smashed between your teeth. As the many waves of the rivers flow into the ocean, so do all these great warriors enter blazing into your mouths. I see all people rushing full speed into your mouths as moths dash to destruction in a blazing fire. Oh, Vishnu, I see you devouring all people from all sides with your flaming mouths, covering all the universe with your effulgence. You are manifested with terrible, scorching rays. Oh, Lord of Lords, so fierce a form, please tell me, who are you? I offer my obeisances unto you. Please be gracious to me. You are the primal Lord. I want to know about you, for I do not know what your mission is. So, Arjuna ended his soliloquy by asking Krishna in his universal form, Who are you? What is your mission? Now, in the next three verses, the universal form will speak his mind. Listen carefully. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Time I am, the great destroyer of the worlds, and I have come here to destroy all people. With the exception of you, the Pandavas, all the soldiers here on both sides will be slain. So Arjuna saw. He saw all of the Kauravas entering the mouths of the universal form. As he said, some were being smashed within the teeth. And he saw his soldiers also. 
And Krishna here confirms that all these soldiers on both sides, they're not going home. By the end of the battle, all will be slain except the five Pandavas. Krishna speaks further. Therefore, get up. Prepare to fight and win glory. Conquer your enemies and enjoy a flourishing kingdom. They are already put to death by my arrangement. O Savyasachi, you can be but an instrument in this fight. So Krishna, the universal form, is predicting the outcome of the war. Remember, Bhagavad Gita was spoken on day one, before the battle was about to begin. And Krishna is showing Arjuna what is going to happen within the next 18 days. And most significant here, Krishna says, you can be but an instrument in the fight because Krishna said, they are already put to death by my arrangement. This whole battle of Kurukshetra is a chessboard set up by Krishna. And as he says, this is my plan that they will all die. But he wants Arjuna to take the credit. Krishna is not going to pick up a weapon. Krishna is not going to fight. He's simply Arjuna's chariot driver. But he wants Arjuna to be his instrument. And this is what is significant for us. Like Arjuna, we should agree to be Krishna's instrument. We can be Krishna's instrument when we surrender. To the degree that we surrender voluntarily to Krishna's will, then we become an instrument. Just like if you play any musical instrument, the instrument is played according to the ability of the musician. So similarly, we must try to become perfect instruments in the hands of Krishna's will. And it begins by reading Bhagavad Gita and chanting Krishna's holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The universal form continues. Drona, Bhishma, Jayadrat, Karna, and the other great warriors have already been destroyed by me. Therefore, kill them and do not be disturbed. Simply fight and vanquish your enemies in the battle. Sanjaya then said to Dhritarashtra, O king, after hearing these words from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the trembling Arjuna offered obeisances with folded hands again and again. He fearfully spoke with a faltering voice as follows. Now in verses 35 through 46, Arjuna prays directly to the universal form. Arjuna said, 
O Master of the Senses, Rishikesh, the world becomes joyful upon hearing your name, and thus everyone becomes attached to you. This is so significant. Herein lies the secret of the Hare Krishna movement. The Hare Krishna movement means that movement, that organization, which is dedicated to preaching the glories of Krishna's holy name. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna himself, just 500 years ago, predicted that the chanting of the holy names of God, the Hare Krishna mantra, would be spread to every town and village. And thanks to his divine grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and his followers, known as ISKCON, are gradually making the prediction of Lord Chaitanya become a fact. Previously, the chanting of Hare Krishna was known just within India. But since 1965 till present, the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra is spreading, spreading all over. In due course of time, the chanting will be heard in every town and village of this world. This is the potency of the holy name of Krishna. And yes, the devotees, they become joyful upon hearing the chanting. But now, what does Arjuna say? Everyone becomes joyful upon hearing your name, and thus everyone becomes attached. Although the perfected beings offer you their respectful homage, the demons are afraid and they flee here and there. All this is rightly done. So, demons and devotees, the good, the bad, the righteous and the evil, they are 180 degrees apart. Arjuna continues his prayers. O Great One, greater even than Lord Brahma, the Creator. Why then should they not offer their respectful obeisances unto you? O limitless one, O God of gods, refuge of the universe, you are the invincible source, the cause of all causes, transcendental to this material manifestation. I want to personally thank Arjuna for declaring that Krishna is the God of Gods. This is one of my favorite statements of Arjuna. Krishna, you are the God of all other Gods. You are the original personality of Godhead, the oldest, the ultimate sanctuary of this manifested cosmic world. You are the knower of everything, and you are all that is knowable. We've mentioned this several times. Nothing is separate from Krishna's manifestation of energy. Even if you don't accept Krishna, whatever it is you're investigating, whatever it is you're uh, studying and examining in this world, is simply Krishna's energy. It's simply that the devotees recognize that it's coming from Krishna and those who are not devotees 
fail to recognize from whom everything comes. But it is a fact. Everything is simply Krishna. You are the supreme refuge above the material modes. O oh, limitless form, this whole cosmic manifestation is pervaded by you. At the end of chapter 10, Krishna did tell Arjuna that he pervades and supports this whole cosmic manifestation by a mere angsha, a mere particle of his potency. Arjuna, in seeing this universal form, is now realized what Krishna said at the end of chapter 10. He's seeing it. He's giving you first-hand report. Just like we see if you watch the news on television or hear it on the radio, the reporter is there and he's telling you what he sees. Arjuna is telling us exactly what he sees and it is being reported by Sanjaya and recorded by Vyasadeva in this Bhagavad Gita which is found in the Mahabharata. Arjuna continues, You are air and you are the supreme controller. You are fire, you are water, you are the moon. You are Brahma, the first living creature, and you are the great grandfather. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto you a thousand times, and again, and yet again. Arjuna is in ecstasy. This is quite evident he wants to offer obeisances again and again. He's in a state of ecstasy, praying to this universal form. His ecstasy continues. Obeisances to you from the front, from behind, and from all sides. O unbounded power, you are the master of limitless might. You are all-pervading, and thus you are everything. Now in this next few verses, Arjuna becomes a little bit repentant. Listen now. Thinking of you as my friend, I have rashly addressed you, O Krishna, O Yadava, O my friend, not knowing your glories. Please forgive me for whatever I may have done in madness or in love. I have dishonored you many times, jesting as we relaxed, or lay on the same bed, or sat, or ate together, sometimes alone, and sometimes in front of many friends. Oh, infallible one, please excuse me for all those offenses. Arjuna and Krishna have spent their lives together, and their relationship was extremely friendly after all. Their relationship was such an extent that Krishna agreed to be Arjuna's chariot driver. Now, Arjuna is seeing firsthand who is this friend of his. They're not really equals. Although Krishna is playing the role of an ordinary chariot driver, Arjuna is seeing this is not some chariot driver. This is the God of all gods. Naturally, he wants to offer his uh, respect and homage and beg forgiveness for 
not properly understanding Krishna. He continues, You are the father of this complete cosmic manifestation of the moving and the non-moving. You are its worshipful chief, the supreme spiritual master. No one is equal to you, nor can anyone be one with you. The Sanskrit word, Asamaurva. No one is equal to, and no one is greater than God, Krishna. How then could anyone be greater than you within these three worlds, O Lord of immeasurable power? You are the Supreme Lord to be worshipped by every living being. Thus I fall down to offer you my respectful obeisances, and I ask your mercy. Here, Arjuna now is going to give some examples of why Krishna should be merciful to him and forgive his unintended offenses. As a father tolerates the impudence of his son, or as a friend tolerates the impertinence of a friend, or as a wife tolerates the familiarity of her partner, please tolerate the wrongs I may have done you. After seeing this universal form, which I have never seen before, I am gladdened. But at the same time, my mind is disturbed with fear. Therefore, please bestow your grace upon me and reveal again your form as the personality of Godhead, O Lord of Lords, O abode of the universe. O universal form, O thousand-armed Lord, I wish to see you in your four-armed form with helmeted head and with club, wheel, conch, and lotus flower in your hands. I long to see you in that form. So Arjuna, after praying and asking forgiveness of the universal form, at the end requested Krishna to take away this universal form. Because actually, Arjuna does not like this universal form because it does not foster love and devotion. We have heard repeatedly fear, disturbance. What He wants to once again go back to the normal state of being with Krishna in loving devotion. And it was mentioned Krishna's four-armed form. Krishna has his original two-armed form, but he also has his four-armed form, Vishnu Narayan. And Krishna's two-armed form, that is the Govinda Shyamasundara form. So now, in these next verses, Krishna will appease Arjuna. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, My dear Arjuna, happily have I shown you, by my internal potency, the Supreme Universal Form within the material world. 
No one before you has ever seen this primal form, unlimited and full of glaring effulgence. So this is significant. There have been other universal forms, and indeed, even Duryodhana was shown a particular universal form. But the one that Krishna showed Arjuna, that was never seen previously by anyone. It was just for Arjuna's benefit. O best of the Kuru warriors, no one before you has ever seen this universal form of mind. For neither by studying the Vedas, nor by performing sacrifices, nor by charity, nor by pious activities, nor by severe penances can I be seen in this form in the material world. Yes, you cannot force Krishna to do what you want. Krishna will only agree to do something out of his own sweet will. But you can induce Krishna out of his own sweet will by your love and devotion and not by anything else. This has been a recurrent theme of Bhagavad Gita. It is only by love and devotion, nothing else. You have been perturbed and bewildered by seeing this horrible feature of mind. So even Krishna admits that this universal form is not sweet, it's horrible. Now let it be finished. My dear devotee, be free again from all disturbances. Now, with a peaceful mind, you can see the form you desire. Sanjaya then said to Dhritarashtra, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, having spoken thus to Arjuna, displayed his real forearm form because the universal form is not Krishna's real form. The forearm form, that's a real form of Krishna. And at last showed his two-armed form. Now the two-armed form of Krishna in this Bhagavad Gita is called Saumya Vapu, the sweet, the dearest form. The two-armed form is even sweeter than Krishna's forearm form. At last Krishna showed his two-armed form thus encouraging the fearful Arjuna. When Arjuna saw Krishna in his original form, so the original form of Krishna is the Somyavapu, the two-armed form. Arjuna said, O Janardhan, seeing this human-like form, notice he says human-like because Although Krishna looks like a human being, Arjuna has now been convinced Krishna is not an ordinary human being. He, although he looks like one, he is still with unlimited, immeasurable power. Arjuna has seen this. O Janardhan, seeing this human-like form so very beautiful, I am now composed in mind and I am restored to my original nature. Yes, even we could say the original nature of the soul is to be eternal, full of knowledge and blissful, not perturbed 
fearful, wondrous. No. Now that Arjuna is seeing Krishna in this sweet, beautiful two-armed form, now he is in his original nature, calm, peaceful, blissful. The chapter ends with Krishna giving Arjuna some very valuable information and as such if we hear attentively we will amass great transcendental knowledge please listen without any deviation this is the exclusivity of Krishna the supreme personality of Godhead Krishna said my dear Arjuna this form of mind you are now seeing, meaning the two-arm form, is very difficult to behold. Even the demigods are ever seeking the opportunity to see this form, which is so dear. Not only the demigods, even Krishna in his form of Mahavishnu wants to see the two-arm form of Krishna. And indeed, there was a particular pastime where Lord Mahavishnu arranged it that Krishna came with Arjuna to see him in his abode just so that Mahavishnu could see Krishna in his two-armed form. The form you are seeing with your transcendental eyes cannot be understood simply by studying the Vedas. Yes. Arjuna, because he is a devotee, a pure devotee, he sees things transcendentally, not mundane. Nor by undergoing severe, serious penances, nor by charity, nor by worship. It is not by these means that I can be seen as I am. Here we are getting to a very important part of Bhagavad Gita. So many times we have heard, Can you show me God? I will believe in God when I can see Him. Krishna here is going to point out how He can be seen. And this is the only way that God can be seen, not any other way. Please listen. If you want to see God, then Krishna will explain how He can be seen. My dear Arjuna, only by undivided devotional service can I be understood as I am standing before you and can thus be seen directly. Undivided. This means 24-7, 365. Undivided also means nothing else added unalloyed it must be pure devotion and love and service and it must be done continuously then God can be seen in your heart of hearts always not just once you will constantly see him but you have to come to the stage of undivided devotional service it begins hearing Bhagavad Gita and chanting incessantly. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. 
You should cry out to Krishna like a child for its mother. The chanting should come from the heart. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Only in this way can you enter into the mysteries of my understanding. Even if we want to see some important person in the material world, you have to make such an endeavor, you have to make such an arrangement, and if you're lucky, maybe you can have a personal audience with a important personality or dignitary. What to speak of wanting to see God face to face? You think it's going to be that easy? That you think God is going to appear on television? No. You have to become most qualified. And that requires purification of the heart. People ask, show me God. The question is, are you prepared to accept the process by which God says he will reveal himself? God is not going to reveal himself on man's terms. Okay, God, show yourself to me, then I'll believe. No. God says no. If you want to see me, it's on my terms, not your terms. First become free from sin. Give up meat, fish, eggs. Give up your intoxication. Give up your illicit sex. Give up your gambling. Give up your sins. First, obey God. Then you can qualify yourself to see God. But you want to see God by defying Him? By being sinful? By being materialistic? No. That is not the way to see God, you arrogant rascal. You must see God by becoming meek and humble, surrendering. Then He will agree. You want to see God? If you're actually serious, then sincerely and seriously chant His holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The problem is, nobody's serious. They don't really want to investigate God. If you want to become a lawyer, or an engineer, or a doctor, do you think these things can happen overnight? You must do study. You must uh, pay money. You must surrender years of your lives. Then you can become a doctor, a lawyer, engineer. It's not cheap. No pain, no gain, we say in America. What to speak of seeing God face to face? How much more penance and austerities and study and qualifications you need? But again, it's really simple. Even a child can see God. All it requires, seriousness, sincerity, purification. And such an intense desire. The desire to see God must be so great that it supersedes any other desire. When you have that much desire that I cannot stand to live until I see God, then... God will reveal, not otherwise. You have to really want it. That's why we encourage this chanting, because the chanting brings you to the point 
where your desire to see God becomes so great that you feel as if you will give up your air of life unless you see Him. This is the science behind chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Final verse of this chapter, Krishna says to Arjuna, My dear Arjuna, one who thus engages in my pure devotional service, free from the contaminations of fruitive activities and mental speculation, who works for me, who makes me the supreme goal of his or her life, and who is friendly to every living being, such a person certainly comes to me. Here is the guarantee by God. This is very similar to what Jesus Christ said when he was once asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Christ said there are two. To love God with your whole soul, your whole heart, your whole mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Krishna is saying the same thing. That when you render service to me undivided in its pure and you're friendly to every living being, this is why we don't kill animals. We also see the animals as our neighbor. Krishna is saying here, friendly to every living being. Jesus said, love thy neighbor. We followers of Krishna view all animals as our neighbor. We don't kill them to eat. We practice nonviolence in this way. So therefore, by hearing this 11th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, one should come to the conclusion and surrender to Krishna here and pick up this Krishna consciousness devotional service gradually little by little step by step the heart becomes cleansed of all material contamination and when the heart is clean and there are no more material desires when the mirror of the mind is cleansed then you can see God and yourself Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.